When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Um, My co-host Sylvan and I are going on a moonstruck road tonight. Sylvan, how is the road treating you? It's actually a lot of uh, sheet metal and sheets of ice here in Vermont, but John makes it sound beautiful, so I'll enjoy the cold. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I am um, fresh. We talked before I hit recorded. I am halfway through my Springsteen journey uh, on Friday night as we're recording this, uh, which was uh, February 10th. I saw him in Dallas um, yesterday, which was February 14th. I saw him in Houston Tomorrow, I'm going to Austin to see him, and then the following Tuesday, I am going to see him in Tulsa. So I'm halfway through my journey. Um, I have on my, you guys can't see, and I don't even think Sylvan can see, but I have on my whiteboard at work, I have Bruce shows, Dallas, Houston, Austin, Tulsa, and I'm scratching through them as I go through. (laughs) So, yeah, so we are feeling very brucey tonight we are feeling brucey and i take it as a testament to your commitment to me as your co-host and john as well as bruce that we could actually break in any of your thought to talk about something other than bruce um and i'm for the record i'm just so happy for you jesse and um I don't think you're ever going to try my patience, but hypothetically, if you were, it's just going to be payback for when I am a complete mess after I come up 
back from Jazz Fest seeing John there. And there will definitely be times where I'm seeing John multiple times in a month or a week. So yeah, I, I, I know uh, this feeling well. And I'm I am yeah. just in so pleased as punch to see the joy on your face. Yeah. Um the other thing I, I need to do, um we got a a guy named Doug reached out to us on our perfect good podcast twitter mm-hmm. the moment i saw him i knew who he was um i've often talked about on this podcast my friend rick who got us to john hyatt doug always called rick jammer and they went to rice together and doug said just found the podcast i'm loving it I do need to set this record straight. I'm the one who found John Hyatt first slug line in a discount bin and me and the jammer fell in love with them right away. And so he started talking. So I have reached out to Doug saying Rick has gone on, but the next best thing would be have you on this podcast with Sylvan and I to talk about that, like in 78 79 80 finding him there in houston they went and saw him in the 80 when he was not clean and sober Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so uh, i have an open so just giving you a heads up and to you listeners that hopefully doug is going to join us and uh in memory of rick and talk about early hyatt days i would love that And, you know whether you've been listening since the early days or just coming on board everybody Come and talk to Jesse and I. There's plenty of room on the Hyatt bus. So absolutely. All right. So tonight we are talking blue telescope. Um, So I I am looking forward to talking about this one. Uh, So give us just the facts. Just the facts. Well, Blue Telescope was track number six on a little album called Perfectly Good Guitar, which was released in 1993. Um, It peaked at the Billboard chart, album charts at 47, but spent a whole 11 weeks on uh, the Billboard chart, which I think speaks a little bit to just how much they were um, trying to get the word out. There was a lot of publicity about this album and it was the one to come right after Little Village disbanded. So there, the PR of the album was that it was John's midlife crisis, that he was going off to play with some youngsters uh, who turned out to be not that much younger than any of the members of Little Village, but the story is better than the reality sometime. Um, It was produced by um, Matt Wallace, who previously had worked with Faith No More. So that kind of explains a little bit of the more raucous tone to it. It was produced in Ocean Way Studios, again, in the early 90s. There are a few different live versions, uh, one of which was on John's website in 2000. Uh, It was one of the ones that had gotten put up from his solo acoustic tour when johnhyatt.com was this brand spanking new thing. And he had a uh, tour manager who would put up about three songs from every concert. That particular uh, song came from Alexandra, Virginia, and it's a beautiful uh, solo acoustic version, which uh, we'll get into 
the uh, different ways the song can be, be interpreted. But I think that pretty much covers uh, the facts. Uh, just quickly, the band playing on this track was Brian McLeod on drums, John Pierce on bass, and Mike Ward on lead guitar. And Mike Ward, as uh, we know, went on to play with Jacob Dylan and form the Wallflower. So he spent a little time under John's tutelage and went on to some really uh, great things in his own right. It is funny that that you're they called it a midlife crisis when it you know relatively speaking he wasn't that old right yeah i know um and so i do remember the the heavy guitars and if you saw him live during that time oh yes yeah it was very loud and very, uh, you know, ironic. Um, the touring band was called the Guilty Dogs, and yes. I did get that was the first time I got to see uh, John live. They uh, played with a neon fire hydrant on the stage as a little nod to yes. the Guilty Dogs, and uh, that was also, I believe, when it might've been the next tour actually when John started covering the Ramones as his encore. So there was a lot of fun to be had. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. My story about blue telescope is um, Linda and I were with Rick and Beth, who was his second wife, Rick and Jennifer was the Jennifer was Linda's friend. And as Jennifer joked later, we got Rick in the divorce. (laughs) Rick got Chris, Jesse, and Linda, um, not through our choice, but it, Rick was fine with us being friends with either one, but just Jennifer, it was a little tougher. Um, everything's fine now, but at the time it was. And so we were there and we were in this beautiful theater, uh, the Lakewood theater, which is in the Lakewood. It's just off downtown Dallas. It used to be a movie theater. They've converted it to a live venue great acoustics and um you are in theater chairs which is kind of funny right and he was telling the story that he had played in houston the night before and a bunch of astronauts from nasa had came to the show and they had talked about they had played blue telescope in the space shuttle i don't know about you but I'm not ever going to be by Zave if I was an artist that someone played my songs in space, right? I'm thinking that's pretty cool. And he said, we had a wonderful time. We talked and he said, I forgot to play Blue Telescope for them. (laughs) (laughs) So this is for my friends at NASA. I hope you enjoy it. And he did an absolutely beautiful version of Blue Telescope. And that is just one of my favorite stories. And it makes, I will probably tell you, that story gets at a half an extra point when I'm going to rate it. Uh, because yeah. that live memory, it, and, you know, to kind of talk about this, sometimes, like, especially since I, you know, we, I just went to two Springsteen shows, the, you sometimes when you rate a song, you know, technically, like, well, we should be rating the studio version but if you've had such a strong live experience with it it's hard not to uh, muddy the waters to 
no pun intended. Right. I think that's absolutely right. And that's why I mentioned uh, the live recordings that came from that solo tour. And there are also some uh, full band versions, live versions out there um, on various bootlegs. And either way, you do have a different experience with it. And I absolutely agree with you, Jesse. That story is fantastic. I, I've heard John tell a version of that um, from the stage. And I think he gets into that with Mike Elliott in the book mm-hmm. because as kind of a, a PS to that story, um, the version I had heard was that they actually use blue telescope to wake up the astronauts the day that they were going to be doing repairs to the Hubble. So I mean, what a perfect little blessing to repair that miraculous instrument that gave us such insight into the galaxy. And years later, um, John wanted to use a picture of the moon for the Eclipse Sessions cover, which of course we're familiar with and was beautiful. And he was having trouble tracking it down. And he actually ended up calling one of the people that had spoken to at, at NASA and said, Hey, can I get a picture of the moon for my cover? So they, he used that leverage of the blue telescope song to get permission from NASA for an official picture of the moon. And you can see that in the credits of the eclipse sessions CD. So that, I love that story too. I had not heard that. That is great. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. My first word when I think about this is it's just smooth. Mm. It is just a, and not as in a, Saturday Night Live, Continental, this smooth operator. It's Polar just, pants. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it just is, it seems almost effortless that he's telling this story. And it is such a beautiful um, uh, song. It, it just sounds so, and like I said, smooth and effortless. Um, what are your quick thoughts about it? I absolutely agree. And what I love about that smoothness and that um, ease of the storytelling and the performance is that he's telling a story of heartbreak and pain and uh, loss um, and, and disillusionment, but it feels so much drawing you in that it's almost an ironic tension or a dramatic tension between the feeling that he's conveying and the feeling that he gives to you with the performance and with the, um, the melody of the song. Um, and it's definitely one of his most poetics and like picking up the best line out of the song is challenging because it's just also beautiful. Um, yeah. Um, The heavens vast and wide wait to escort the bride. She lifts her wedding veil, her breath a lonesome vapor trail. That one always gets me, that bridge, because you can't help but see it. And it's almost fairy tale-esque throughout the whole thing. There's not, you know, an image of a particular couple that you think you've met and had dinner with. It's something very ethereal and magical but also very human that um he's looking up at the heavens as we have through our entire existence trying to find some answers and not necessarily coming up with any but um yeah it it, was there a particular image or phrase that really stuck with you so and i do I want to talk in a little bit about why is it a blue telescope Mm -hmm. Um, and let's speculate. But what I wanted to do is blue breath on my windshield. I came to a frozen place. She shivered when I said goodbye. I wish I didn't have to face her in that rear view mirror through the, through she lives in the heart of me back um, several years ago, my, um, my grandmother died And uh, we would go visit my grandfather at the dairy farm where he lived. And they were, you know, he had had since retired. And we would, you know, visit with grandpa. And he would stand on the front porch. I'm going to start crying, Sylvan. And and watch us drive away. And we would see him in the back the rearview mirror and it would break our hearts because we knew he was alone. He was lonely and he enjoyed us visiting so much. And he, he couldn't, he wanted it to last. So he watched us as we drove away. Right. Later 
my mom, who I have shared currently, you know, had a stroke and is in a nursing home and is not doing well. But she would always, when we would leave her house, she would say, I'm not your grandpa. (laughs) And she would kiss us and she would not even walk out the door. She would make us walk out by for that reason. I'm not going to do that. So reading that, I picture that. I picture that, you know, and and did he break up with her? Did she break up with him? You know, and so that imagery of seeing, I, I wish I didn't have to see that, always reminds me of Linda, Chris, and I driving away with Grandpa on the front porch with my grandmother's dog. He never wanted the dog. And then once she died, you know, he he kept the dog. Um, and it's just a, it's a heartbreaking scene. Yes. And there is something about the, you know, the rear view mirror and objects closer than they appear, which we have heard that in many yeah. different songs, but just the, the, um, the inevitable feeling of you can't go backwards, right? That, that fading smaller and smaller as you go further away. And, um, it, that was a beautiful story, Jesse. Thank you. And I, I think um, everyone has to decide for themselves if they're the you linger and watch every moment or you, you know, you just make a clean goodbye and um, yeah. have it be sudden, uh, like your grandma was saying. Um, but yeah. yeah, there is something definitely about um, you can't look away, but yeah you wish you didn't have to face it uh that image right. that's going to break your heart and yeah yeah it's a beautiful way of putting it 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 was and and i i you do talk about that you know the beautiful lyrics um you know i got this blue telescope i'm looking for tonight through a blue telescope tell me why must the blue angels fight Taking one last shot at heaven while they slipstream through paradise, looking through this blue telescope down a moonstruck road tonight. It's, yeah. I may not know what poetry is, Sylvan, but that's poetry. Absolutely. And I, again, it's that kind of um, contrast that he's building throughout. There's blue angels, the uh, pilots. Right, up in the exactly. sky yeah. and then down below, you know, traveling at a much slower pace and, yeah. and these roads that, you know, you don't have as much control over. Um, and I, yeah, I love that line of why must the blue angels fight? You know, is it, it's kind of an objecting to using that term for mm-hmm. a act of war or is it, a, you know, is he just co-opting that uh, phrase and meaning something entirely different than the fighter jets? But yeah, um, yeah I, I love how open to interpretation this song is. And, um, you know, if you've ever been lucky enough to have a conversation with John and you have a question about a lyric, good luck getting a straight answer out of it. <laughs> so I, the only time we met him was after that little bitty, the sec, the first time we had seen him, it was the second time Rick had seen him. And it was right after bring the family had come out and he was doing just a little solo tour. And, you know, we were just fawning over him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
so no, I've never had the chance to sit here, but I, I go back to, and, you know, take a drink of Springsteen. Um, if you've ever watched the VH1 storyteller Springsteen, Bruce talks about a couple of songs and he says, was I thinking about this when I wrote it? Maybe, maybe not, but I was feeling all of it. Yes. Right. I think that's absolutely uh, true of all writers, whether it's a music or poetry or novels or anything. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of this is this does give you a emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I got here at work today. Um, and you know, I, I put on our studying, you know, Mike did my studying, studying John had this on repeat and this was a fun little twosome because they were <laughs> night and day. Very I, much. Yes. And, and, and so, and that's why I said this smooth effortless song was, um, so why do you think it's a blue telescope? Um, great question. I mean, I think he gravitated toward that as like a blues song. Um, so he could capture that musical heritage and also play up the idea of the cold with using all the ice imagery and so forth. Um, I just love the idea of the telescope, both bringing something close and allowing you to keep your distance. You know, you are not holding something that you are watching through a telescope, but you are being very intimate with it. You're getting all the details. I I think those just, those two things work together. I, I don't know as there is some kind of history of like, if you look through a blue telescope, you see something different than anything else. It was just um, a, a way of bringing those images together and also just, um, you know, tapping into the language of the blues and a blues song. What do you think? So I love those two. I love the ideas of the blues. I love the blue of the ice because this is like, you know, this sheet metal on sheets of ice, which I loved you said in reality sounds really ugly, but Bruce, uh, but John makes it sound, you know, lovely. I thought of blue tinted glasses as well. Hmm. The idea that there's this, um, you know, rose colored glasses, like I'm looking through this blue tint, this, um, the imagery of, is this, um, is his memory being tinted by this? And, um, and so rose colored glasses, right. Or I'm seeing only the best of things, right. Is the blue telescope. I'm seeing the, it's, it's, it is emphasizing the sad, the Mm -hmm. change, you know, and, and I do, um, I am, I, I'm feeling the blues, right? I, I feel like I want to put on, um, you know, some Frank Sinatra or some, you know, I want to just go through and with my beverage of choice, feel sorry for myself a little bit, to feel sorry about it. And that I'm looking through a blue telescope and discussing that 
puts that mood out there. It puts that um, situation out there so well. Yeah. And I like how you put it that way, comparing to the rose tinted glasses, because it, it brings up the idea of choice that, you know, it's not that the world is blue. He has made a decision to look at it through a blue perspective, um, mm. through this instrument that would um, give him that perspective. And um, the fact that he says he is looking for someone through it uh, is an interesting idea of like, well, why would you choose to look through someone from that perspective of the sadness that you're reaching out um, in sadness rather than in hope or in excitement or joy that you want to greet them? But, I, you know, I think sometimes when we're looking uh, back, we do kind of have to lean into the sadness or else we get stuck looking back and we can't let go. Um also, what's kind of interesting when we bring it back into the astronomy terms is this idea of time and distance, that anytime we're looking up at the stars, we're seeing light that probably came into existence thousands of years ago in some cases, certainly with what they were doing with Hubble, looking at the origins of the universe, um, that kind of reaching out into the past to learn from it. I, I think is part of what he's playing with the idea. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, we go back to the very first um, two verses. I've got a blue telescope. I'm looking at the world tonight. Later, mm -hmm. he says, I'm looking for her tonight. Um, you know, he buttons it down, but I threw a blue telescope. I wish I may. I wish I might. You know, as kids, I wish I may, I wish I might have this wish, I wish tonight, right? Right. And that, um, I wish I may, I wish I might not see what I see. And and I think in a greater context, um, it's easy, at least I'm going to speak for me, there have been situations that didn't end the way you want it to. Um, and you, you go through in your mind, if I had just done this differently, what would have happened? Hmm. It, and, and, and you realize intellectually that you can't go back and change it. And, and even if you had, it may not have worked out for you, hmm. but it, it is easy to get down that path that, well, if I had just done this, then that would have happened. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a really good friend who um, broke it up with, broke off with someone and they continued to be very missing them. And uh, I remember he, he, he called me and he said, I got a text and they said, it's over. I'm, I'm with someone else. You need to move on. And they said, I know I needed that finality, yeah. but it still hurts. 
and and so the idea of i not i don't want to see what i see um whether and and i do i think we'll never know did he end it did mm-hmm. she end it because either way even if he ended it because he thought it was the right decision it still hurts him or if she ended it because it was the right decision it's still hurting him just a she'll really, always really, be a star yes yeah she'll always be a star to me which perfect double meaning mm-hmm. with the blue telescope right this is going to be hard there we do this podcast and we overanalyze songs because that's what we're here for but i do not know if in the things we talked about i don't know if there's been another song as strong as this in imagery and in the simplicity of put together so well what do you think gosh uh I'm not saying there's not better songs. I'm just saying that we have discussed so far with the imagery. Yeah. I mean, John has a lot of tools in his belt. Yes. One of them is storytelling, which he does really well. There is no story to this song. This song is about imagery. So if your question, Jesse, is, is there another song we have discussed so far, which we are really still only at the very beginning of our journey here. Uh, that uses imagery quite so well. Um, probably not. I mean, what's interesting is I do find a lot of similarity to Angel, which is the song just before this on the album. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's where his songwriting was coming from when he was yeah. working on Perfectly Good Guitar is these, you know, images. And he talks about, yeah. you know, writing while he was watching TV. And so, you know, goodness knows what might have sparked any of these thoughts but this is yeah. also one of those songs that it comes on the car radio when you're driving at night and you are just completely transported to a different place you know you know be careful not to miss your exit off the highway if you're just lost in space listening to blue telescope yeah there are there are songs that he writes that are very much great story songs and you Mm -hmm. you and there are songs that could be very cinematic you Mm -hmm. see the youngster dump your oatmeal right you you see um you know um put the car horns on the cadillac right there are seeing crossing muddy waters this is almost and i i'm not i'm not this is um and I am not an art guy, but this is not a still life. This is an abstract. This is, this paints an abstract picture versus a clear picture. It is a clear picture, but it is in abstract forms. It is, it, this light blue, it shares. So, yeah. And so like to, to pick up on that, you know, like you don't have the picture of the woman that he was, you know, eating breakfast within with his bare feet on the floor with ethylene. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's almost like you could picture a a star woman like in any fantasy novel or mm-hmm. a literal uh, 
ethereal being or yeah. you know it it is very um open-ended you know you don't get the idea of like oh i know he had a breakup with a woman that he had been married to or he saw a woman across a room and he wanted mm-hmm. to take a shot we yeah. have no idea what the backstory of this is yeah. it's just that it's in the past it's you need an instrument to see the details again and he can't help but keep on looking through those details um even if it gets further and further away and the ending is so wonderful where this mm-hmm. i'm looking through this blue telescope down a moonstruck road tonight and mm-hmm. just he lets it fade is just um it it's just a joy it's a joy yeah. and you know i i i love that this song really works with different performances as i said we have the album version which is kind of a raucous band um really bluesy and almost a little alternative grungy and then there's so many versions where he's just played it out solo on his own he's done it with different bands and we did find a couple of covers so maybe now's the time to give a a shout out to uh there's a band called here in the valley uh which performs this with a fiddle and acoustic guitar which i really enjoyed that different instrumentation of the you know they refer to themselves as an appalachian band although it could be that the internet is getting me confused wouldn't be the first time uh it seems like they started in the appalachian mountains and have since moved up to my backyard white river junction vermont uh or hanover new hampshire so i have reached out to here in the valley and i uh invite anyone who's listening to that to this to check out their cover i think you'll very much like it maybe they can share some musical thoughts with us yeah there has also a few different amateur versions and a band called earl and them uh played a song and what i really like is each time i saw a different artist or a band play this song i feel like i saw a story behind the musician's eyes of who these characters are who this woman that the narrator is longing for is and it always seemed a little bit different and it works that you don't necessarily know who they're pining for yes you know which i think isn't always the case you know sometimes it's like well that song didn't connect because i didn't really understand what they were talking about this song connects because you're not really sure what they're talking about yeah but i think you that's, know the emotional truth yeah that the emotional truth that is the perfect phrase it is this this feels it feels true mm-hmm. um yeah i just it this was this was a joy today and as we circle back right i am the day after the springsteen concert and it would have been easier to just immerse myself in bruce today and knowing we had this podcast i was listening to this and there was such a joy it did not feel like duty it was just oh this is so good this is so good it does feel a little bit like getting into a warm bath yeah, and, it does. You know, which is interesting with the cold imagery, but yeah. Yes, yeah. All right. 
what do you think rating? Well, again, I kind of go by the how memorable is it and how likely would I be to put this on as an introduction to someone who is not familiar with John Hyatt Yeah. Um, and also how translatable it is. The covers I listened to did push me up a little bit because I did feel like there are, is so much room to do different things mm-hmm. with this song. And as I was listening to it, it's like... It might not be the first one that occurs to me, but I would definitely give this as an introduction to anyone who wasn't familiar with John Hyatt because it's both very rock and also very pretty at the same time. And as we've been saying, the songwriting is just right up there. I'm not going to give it a five star because there are just too many great, great songs. And as poetic as it is, the John Hyatt, I love the most is the one who welcomes me into his story and tells me something about my story that I can't deny. Uh, This I can kind of slip in and out of. So I'm going to go a solid four stars. You and I are in sync. I agree. I say it's a four. It's one of those. Oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah. Oh, and I forgot uh, how much I like that. I forget how much I love this one. And yeah, and I not being stingy with fives, but it just it feels like a solid four. I mean, this is a a really wonderful. I, I love how he used his creative muscles. I I do I do feel like now that I may try to on YouTube build two or three, you know, of the different like him solo, him with the different bands, and kind of hear that. So yeah, I I absolutely agree. All right. All right. Good deal. Yay. Yay. Uh, so uh, no listener feedback. Um, I, um, though I did talk to you about my buddy, Doug, that's going to reach out to us. Uh, if someone wants to give us feedback, how can they? Uh, many ways. They can uh, make any comments on the, wherever they're listening to the podcast. They can reach out to us on our Facebook page. We are Perfectly Good Podcast on Facebook. I am Sylvan Groth on Facebook. We also have a Google site, which is linked from there. Uh, it might be a little hard to find otherwise, but if you Google Perfectly Good Podcast, uh, you can find it. And that's a great place to look ahead at our schedule. And if there's a song that you have some thoughts about and would like to join us, let us know. And uh, we can be a little bit flexible. We can take voice memos. Um, but I think that covers me. I'm also Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter. Yes. And I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. And uh, I am, um, it, there will be things besides Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> especially after in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, Thank you guys for listening. Um, we really, really appreciate it uh, to get a little bit behind the scenes. Um, the downloads of people is is increasing every episode. Uh, we're getting um, nice feedback on the Facebook page. So thank you. I think we're really starting to build a lovely community. And so please tell a friend about the podcast, uh, especially if they're a John fan and say, hey, you know, check out these, they go. And as always, if you tell us, you're idiots, this is a five, we wanna know. (laughs) Absolutely, we can take some, uh, yes, healthy disagreement is good for 
us on many levels. So absolutely. So yes. Um, all right, listeners, thank you. Sylvan, thank you. And I guess thank the only you, thing Desi. we got left to say is have a little faith. Have a little faith. Bye. Bye bye. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac and change the message on the cold It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.